Welcome to the More Attention, Less Deficit podcast. This episode is ADHD is real, but not everyone has it. Although the science clearly shows that ADHD is a genuine condition, there are some people who believe or say they have it when they really don't. The book, More Attention, Less Deficit, Success Strategies for Adults with ADHD, is available at addwarehouse.com and pretty much everywhere else. But if you enter coupon code 19380, my zip code, at addwarehouse.com, you'll save 25%. Good deal. I'm psychologist Dr. R.A. Tuckman, author of More Attention, Less Deficit, and Integrative Treatment for Adult ADHD, a practical, easy-to-use guide for clinicians. For more information about either book, archives of this podcast, links to past presentations, handouts, and information about upcoming teleclasses and presentations, check out adultadhdbook.com. I was recently interviewed by a reporter from Yahoo Sports about the rise in the number of professional baseball players who applied for clearance to use stimulant medication after the league tightened up its restrictions. This podcast isn't about baseball players or the crazy things that some of them do to help them perform at their best, but rather, this is about the legitimacy of ADHD as a diagnosis, and we're going to talk about other ways that that legitimacy might be compromised. So what happened with Major League Baseball was that the folks in charge changed the rules in 2006 regarding how a positive test for stimulants was handled. This was prompted by the larger controversy about the league's lax handling of other performance-enhancing drugs, mostly steroids, but also all the other crazy stuff that professional athletes will do with the hope of getting an edge. Before the rule change in 2006, if a player received one positive test for stimulants, it was no big deal. Uh, He could then, at that point, apply for what's called a therapeutic use exception. Basically, prove that he has ADHD and therefore has a valid reason to be taking prescribed stimulants. After the rule change, though, the players had to prove that before they were tested. So this is where the hoopla media circus begins. The number of therapeutic use exceptions jumped from 28 to 108 out of 1,200 total players in the league. In other words, 9% of professional baseball players seem to have been diagnosed with ADHD, which is double the percentage of adults with ADHD in the general population. Of course, that also assumes that all, you know, 100% of the baseball players with ADHD actually were diagnosed with ADHD, which of course, you know, a very small percentage of adults out on the street have been with ADHD have actually been diagnosed. So that just makes it look even more suspicious. But, you know, in any event, this 9%, this is what seemed fishy and made it look like there are a bunch of players without ADHD who found some doc somewhere to give them a script for stimulants. Now, I can only assume that there are indeed a bunch of players with a valid ADHD diagnosis, you know, maybe even higher than the national average, since someone who is struggling in school because of his undiagnosed ADHD may put other may put more energy into other pursuits, you know, like sports, uh, that he's better at. So maybe professional baseball does have more guys with ADHD, but I find it hard to believe that all of those 108 have ADHD. Some, maybe most, but not all. 
personally, I'm, you know, I'm really not concerned with what professional athletes do to perform at their best. You know, this is really a minor point compared to the larger issue that these sorts of shenanigans undermine the public perception of ADHD as a real condition that's deserving of treatment. It's the same as when people without ADHD or a learning disability push to get accommodations in school or on the SAT. It undermines the legitimacy of those who truly do deserve the accommodations. The thing is, there's a balance to strike here. On the one hand, as a society, we want to ensure that rigorous standards are upheld to ensure that only those who really have the condition are diagnosed with it. On the other hand, if you're too rigorous, you'll miss too many people who do indeed have the condition, but can't make it through all the hoops to get diagnosed. So the challenge is to find the best balance between letting in some people who don't have it versus excluding some who do. Of course, as hard as it can be to answer this question in the abstract, it's pretty easy if you're one of the people who winds up on the wrong side of the diagnosis cutoff. It's an imperfect, messy world we live in, so we need to do our best to come up with standards that do the most good and the least bad. This brings up the related question of what is ADHD's true prevalence? That is, what percentage of the population actually has ADHD? The official diagnostic manual puts it at 4.4%, whereas some studies put it at double that. Of course, the number you get depends on how you measure it, which criteria you use, where you get your sample group from, where you get your information from, and a whole bunch of other variables. My personal opinion is that it's much closer to 4.4% than 9%. As much as I would want everyone who is struggling with ADHD, you know, or whatever, to get the proper help for it, I also don't want those with the mildest cases to reduce the perceived seriousness of ADHD. There are two reasons for this. First, especially in the midst of this healthcare reform debate currently going on, we need to be smart about how we use our healthcare dollars. Treating those with very mild cases who are not really all that negatively impacted potentially takes away funding from those who need it much more. It would be kind of like using disaster relief funds to reseed someone's lawn after a flood while other people had their entire house washed away. The second reason why we need to be careful about being overly free with giving the diagnosis is that it's, you know, it's just bad PR. 9% is about 1 out of 10 people, which is really a pretty big number. So if someone hears that, they may think to themselves, you know, I know a lot of people, and there's no way that one out of 10 of them has ADHD. This then leads, you know, quite naturally, to the idea that ADHD as a whole is kind of bogus. Granted, this line of overly simplistic thinking is like throwing the baby out with the bathwater, but I think that we in the ADHD community have a responsibility to make it easy for others to have an accurate picture of ADHD rather than setting them up to jump to the wrong conclusions. So I very much believe that ADHD is real and that it makes people's lives much more difficult. That's why I do this podcast, even when I feel like I have a million other things to do. That's probably also why you listen to this podcast, even when you have a million other things to do. But if you want to solve a problem, whatever the problem, the first thing you need to do is to accurately diagnose the problem, 
whether it's healthcare or computer repair, same thing. So let's start by getting it right. If you have ADHD, we know what to do about that. But that doesn't mean that we should apply ADHD solutions to everybody we bump into, since it probably won't help as much as we would all hope. Anyway, if you want to read the Yahoo Sports article, you'll find a link on the cool events page at adultadhdbook.com. Our next episode will be about ADHD, executive functions, and organizing, so should be a good one. Until next time, thanks for lending me your attention.